Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Here we are at the end of Winter Steel, all done with the book, ready to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Let's before we start talking about the book, let's let's give some uh, let's give some awards to listeners Ooh. Uh, that had some at least moderately correct theories. This if, isn't if this rec- isn't your parents' awards show, by the way. No participation <laughs> awards will be given here. We're looking for accurate predictions and theories. That's right. Got to be. Got to be. Got to be spot on. Speaking of which, um, everyone who thought Yaren would learn to read. LOL, no one cares. <laughs> it doesn't matter, apparently. Um, okay, yeah. So if you recall, we we put out a call for for theories and talked about them before we started the book. For correct theories, we're gonna be we're gonna be tweeting out embarrassing facts about ourselves. You'll have to you'll have to check out Twitter for that. We do have a few correct theories. So we'll be tweeting them at Will, at Will White. Uh, should be fun. Our Check Twitter, out. our Twitter is at DC it, uh, BC. That's right. Get at us. Get on, get on, get on the Twitter train. Okay. Let's, let's start, uh, let's start with some, some advancement related theories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two very good ones. Uh, the whole six had the correct theory that Lyndon and Yaren or Lyndon or Yaren will become sages at underlord or overlord and i i think you got it i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the whole six you're like a third right because your prediction was that linden slash yaren would become sages at underlord or overlord and ethan is like also a sage and so like you got you got one out of three which isn't bad which isn't bad i I feel like that's oh you're saying out of the three characters Lyndon Yaren or Ethan Lyndon mm-hmm. is one right right and it felt to me the heart of this prediction felt like they were all gonna advance to sages I I, I took it to be Lyndon or Yaren okay so Fair I'm gonna enough. give them more credit than than you are um, great prediction uh, I actually didn't know that you could become a sage at this level but apparently you can so well done well done uh an, another I ha- one yeah i have to say though oh, i have to say though andy uchiha incredible incredible <laughs> work andy uchiha you got it pretty much spot on yaren is herald linden is sage the one oh the one little bit that you you didn't really get was uh there's not a reading requirement for sages <laughs> no no reading requirement tough I don't know, Luke. Do, do we give this? Do we give this to Andy Uchiha here? Or here's here's the thing. It was a very it was a very out there theory, and I appreciate them going out even farther on the ledge by adding the reading requirement. I really appreciate that. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to you, Andy Uchiha. Great theory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I'm going to give it to him too, Andy. Yaren becoming a herald and Linden becoming a sage in this book is a wild is a wild guess to get correct so well played yeah outstanding job Um, this this is gonna get a good tweet if if we'll recall dan thought that there was no advancement in this book (laughs) and we get like everyone going up two stages Uh, i don't know no 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 wait a minute wait a minute linden is still an underlord 
That, okay, that's true. That's so, true. I mean, I was basically as right as the whole six. <laughs> very, very good point. Um, okay, the the next couple of theories that were correct are, are all revolving around Sophara. So, Digital Deus One got got it correct that Sophara gets smashed basically she, loses she, she did indeed get smashed twice so good job digital they use one that what that was that was good um it wasn't quite as out there as some of the other ones but you did get it right uh one that was similar but even 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 more specific asic sp even called that yaren beat so far pretty good great job I've got I've got no comments on this one. That was it. <laughs> this one was this one was just spot on correct. There was a little uh, bit of hedging of bets in the in the parentheses about this one about where Yaren would fight and win Safara. But that's fine. That's okay. You know, if you're predicting the weather, you're never gonna get hundred percent right. You gotta leave some some uncertainty in there. I get it. Right. Plus or yeah, plus or minus a little bit. So great job, ASIC SP. Uh, the last one, which I don't think we even need to talk about very much, uh, Den, Den Zek. Yeah, Safara made it to the semis, so good job. <laughs> well, nice, nicely guessed. Uh, one one that has not been confirmed yet, but we will keep an eye on, so it's not getting a tweet, but I do appreciate it. Uh, Modern Othello uh, is guessing that Kelsa and Jai Long are getting together, which we get, we get, uh, a little bit at the end here, where they're they're destined to to interact. Mm-hmm. So not there yet, but I could see it. And something we talked about in our episode about theories that I am so excited for is this team up that is about to happen at the end of Winter Steel with Kelsa as a Jade and Orthos and Jai Long and Jai Chen going to just beat ass at the heaven's gate school just going to destroy the heaven's gate school because this book just the start of this book the prologue of winter steel reinforces the fact that they need to just be all destroyed just wiped off the fucking mountain because <laughs> they're terrible they are they are terrible uh very frustrating incredibly so so modern othello we're not giving you any points for predicting something that we learned in winter steel but we're very excited for this this future with kelsa and jai long and potential marriage potential wedding bells <laughs> now i hearing them i i think luke before we talk about this last half of the book we need to we need to give ourselves a little credit for some theories okay. that that we got right because when we were responding to people's predictions, you know, we were we were kind of saying why they wouldn't be true. And, and in some of these cases, we were spot on. First example, uh, Penance can't kill a member of the Abaddon. Somebody mm-hmm. in one of the predictions was like, oh, somebody's going to use Penance to kill one of the Abaddon. Sounds like that's not an option. So I'm going to say we, we kind of called that one. <laughs> Point for Luke and Dan. Also... We had a comment about Ethan finally showing his like full true potential in the combat arena. And at first I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, I think that happened. But then definitely not, guys. 
Definitely not with Ethan. He goes to a feast after he's done and he's like, oh, I guess I could be Overlord now. All right. You got me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Ethan uh, Ethan still has not shown everything that he has. Right. And we, we he get, even made it to Archlord and was still trying to hide it. We get that trademark scene at the very end where Ethan is like super high level, like way higher level than you expect. And he's like, oh, hey, Lyndon, what's up? <laughs> yeah, we're just chilling. And, and it's basically exactly the scene that I said was going to happen if Ethan did reveal his power was that it wasn't going to be in front of the whole world. It was going to be like him and mm. one enemy and Linden. And that's where we were going to see his true power. And that that's pretty right. much happened at the end of this book. So give myself a <laughs> little pat on the back. Okay. The last one that's going to get us into talking about this half of Winter Steel that I am like more and more convinced that I'm right as the series progresses is about Hunger Madra being derived like directly from the void. Because at the very end of this book, Linden becomes like the void sage. Mm -hmm. It's come on, guys. <laughs> He's the void sage. God, I mean. I don't know what else. Like, this feels so confirmed to me at this point. Oh, okay. I mean, I will say that there's some some connections that aren't just his hunger madra, mm -hmm. where he's like erasing everything with with his other types of madra. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. The hunger part is like is like the 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 keystone there. Mm -hmm. I think, but uh, I I I. I will give you a little bit there. I'll give you a little bit. Okay. I'm not saying it's confirmed yet. I'm just saying I'm becoming more and more convinced as the series goes on that Hunger Madra is derived from like void energy, whereas a lot of other Madra is derived from the way and the energy that comes okay. from the way. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Luke, let's get into this last half of winter steel and we'll be talking about the the book as a whole mm -hmm. for this episode some but there's 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 a moral dilemma that comes up in this half of winter steel that i don't know if we've really if it's really been addressed is linden's consumability a good guy thing or like a very not a very not good guy thing I have I have this exact note. He's like they they've talked about a few times uh sacred artists on a slaughter path, right? Mm -hmm. Where they just like kill anyone they come across to like harvest their I think it's usually blood madra. Yes. But it can probably be other ones too. <laughs> this is Linda right now. Kind of, yeah. Kind of very Linda's, much so. Linda's kind of on a slaughter path. <laughs> I mean, this is why this is why it's tricky for me, though, right? Because he is like, he is crippling sacred artists as he goes around doing this technique. He's going around, right? Essentially, cutting people's legs off to right. Because I power. think that he doesn't he doesn't kill them. Sometimes but I he think does. That they are permanently harmed. Yes, yeah, sometimes he does kill them and then absorb whatever power he can suck out of them at the end and out of their remnant. But sometimes he doesn't and it, it leaves them like permanently damaged. Mm -hmm. And th 
this is kind of why I can't tell if it's a good guy thing or a very not good guy thing. Because on the one hand, on the one hand, he's not killing them, right? On the one hand, it's like, well, they could live to, they could have like a fine life. They're just not going to be the the potent sacred artists that they once would have been. But I didn't kill them here. I could have just murdered them. But on the other hand, he's like cutting people's legs off, essentially. And he's benefiting from it. I think I'm coming down pretty hard on the he's a bad guy here, actually. Because, I mean, they're, they're in a bunch of these little conflicts. And it's said that people don't really kill each other. Right? I mean, like, they're trying to keep to keep the balance a little bit. But Lyndon is is like like you said it, crippling people. I mean and he's doing it just because he's he's taking their power to advance. Like mm-hmm. this is I, I don't know I don't know where we're going here. This is like you're on a this is a slaughter path, Lyndon. This is not okay, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, sure, they're like in the battlefield. It's not like he's going out and murdering innocent people. <laughs> but, right. I mean, still. Right. Like, people didn't sign up for this kind of warfare. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're saying you're saying his opponents when they when they were recruited to fight. If they'd have known there was going to be one guy out there, like, sucking out their soul like a dementor, they would have said, like, actually, I'm good. I'm going to stay a farmer. Right, right. This is like if I signed up for some intramural sports and they were like, yeah, uh, we're going to put you in the boxing matches instead of the soccer games. (laughs) I'd be like, I don't want to do that, man. I didn't sign up for boxing. I didn't sign up for concussions and permanent brain damage. (laughs) Okay, this is fair. This is a fair point. Uh, to give Lyndon just a little bit of credit, at least he's doing this to their enemies. At least he's doing this to people who are already kind of assholes, right? Because mm-hmm. you could definitely imagine Lyndon taking a very dark turn of like, I really need to advance and there's a bunch <laughs> of powerful sacred artists all around me. Oh, maybe I could just, maybe I could just sneak a taste. Maybe I could just sneak right. a little taste of uh, the- of pride. <laughs> the other terrible thing about this is he he. There's one scene where he does this to a black dragon, and and uh, for one thing, Dross is like, "Oh, this dude actually, I just read his memories. He's actually really good, and like adopted a bunch of human kids, and is against the golden dragon reign." And then you learn that Lin- he was like an underlord and didn't even do any good for Lyndon. And it's like, listen, man, don't <laughs> don't cripple this this uh, this very nice dragon guy if he's not going to do anything for you. Who's just That's like too much. who's just like on the other side of a conflict. Yeah, it's also not the more that I think about this. I'm pretty sure Lyndon was tying up people and then sucking out part of their souls, which there it's like clearly against the Geneva Convention of this world or should be because they're already Mm -hmm. incapacitated. You essentially have prisoners of war that you're sucking power out of and crippling them. That's very bad. They're no longer threats. I could, I, I have a little bit of, 
of leniency when it's like there they could be threats to him in the immediate future like he has to do this or they're gonna kill him like i get that if it's kill or be (laughs) killed and this is like better than killing them but the fact that he he benefits from it and he gets like a benefit from it it creates an incentive system where he's he's not always doing the right thing anymore (laughs) right it creates an incentive system where if there's a prisoner it would be pretty easy for him to rationalize well when they get cut free they're going to come after me again so i might as well just take as much of their power as i can now when right in reality they might go free and just run off they might be like i'm done with this linden kicked my ass <laughs> yeah i i think that so in this book it wasn't i mean it wasn't too bad right i mean you we're we're having this debate i i'm i'm more concerned about the future here more concerned about linden going down a dark path mm-hmm. um but hopefully hopefully we can rein him in Hopefully he listens and is like, "Oh yeah, that's true." Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 bringing it back. Yeah, this is not a great. It's not a great look for Because I'm going to I'm going to transition us, mm-hmm. but it's going to be smooth. Let's get there. Uh Yaren for most of this book is like really against using the blood shadow. Yeah. And it's because the blood shadow does this thing where it kills people to get their power. Like that's Lyndon. <laughs> that's Lyndon right now. I mean, okay, he's not killing them, but the line is kind of gray mm-hmm. there. Can can we go to the other thing that Yaren does? That's like this exact same thing that seems super bad that she definitely what? shouldn't have done. She's going to use this Madra engine. Oh, yeah. I, I get that it's, like, so powerful, guys. I get that it's just, like, the coolest sacred, like, artifact. It's this divine treasure that's incredibly powerful and will definitely help her win. But are we really doing ends justify the means with, like, dead children here? <laughs> yeah, this was made from dead children body parts, basically. How are we cool with this? I think you say no. And like the only, it seemed like the reason why they didn't like immediately put it into Yaren to power her up was because it would hurt her too much. But as soon as they had the counter to that, as soon as they had the thing that would strengthen her lifeline to the point where they could put this in, it wouldn't take off any years of her life. She was like, yeah, get that thing in me. Yeah, we did brush by that kind of quickly. Too quickly, guys. There should have been a little bit more like philosophical discussion about like, is it right to use these kid parts to beat this other dragon's ass? For like an uncertain outcome, because they didn't even know if she would win or not. And it wasn't even like this thing would allow her to win. And they didn't even know what the dragons were going to do if they won. But they knew they had to put this like kid machine into Yaren. I just, I just think that there's some some inconsistencies here with our with our morality, right? Like there, there's like no the kid morality. engine, Ethan or not Ethan, uh, the kid engine, Linden running around being a murderer, and then we're like drawing the line at Yaren's very lovely blood shadow who's a delight <laughs> yeah it's it's like there is there's like no morality here anymore mm-hmm. it's just like what'll power you up that's what you gotta do 
obviously. And nobody really cares how you do it to to a pretty significant degree. Unless it's yeah. like impure. Like the Winter Sage is pissed because Yaren's not going to have a pure sword path and not because her blood yeah, shadow is like... a morality thing. Exactly, exactly. It's not a morality. It's just a purity test. And it's like, oh, we need to develop... We need some more philosophers in this universe to talk about the implications of some of this stuff. Because Seriously. you brought us to a great point about the blood shadow. I, I want to talk about this blood shadow so bad. Okay, everybody's being so rude to Ruby... <laughs> I know. For like what I see as like no reason at all anymore. Because it's one it's one thing it's one thing for everyone to think that the blood shadow is dangerous when it's just like a rabid animal. Like <laughs> initially the blood shadow is just like a hungry rabid raccoon that everybody's like, Oh, keep that thing away from me, please. Uh I'm gonna kill it if I can because it's a menace to everybody around it but when that raccoon like starts talking to everyone and saying how you know i'm not really gonna try and bite and kill you all i'm just really hungry so i i could use a little food i don't think you have a right to then be super rude to it anymore right like i i just we're not we're not like thinking about this deeply enough i mean I get, like, you're saying it started off, like, it killed Yaren's family. Yes. <laughs> that, I realize that that's a big caveat. But that was when it was, like, it's, like, not even a real sentient thing, basically. No, it's right? like a primordial, it's just acting on instinct, right? Right. We're, 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 like, we need to evolve our opinions here. Right, it's like it's like the blood shadow has undergone this incredible moral growth and like mission of self-discovery and meanwhile everyone around it has changed in no way whatsoever. Everyone around it <laughs> is also, just like I still hate you. And also we've been abusing it so badly for years. <laughs> <laughs> like this thing has been verbally abused by Yaren stuck in a dark cave which is Yaren's like spirit i guess mm -hmm. and has still developed an incredible sense of morality <laughs> this is amazing i feel like i feel like we're at the point where we we learned from the sage of red faith that their blood shadow just like left they their plan was to get to sage and then absorb their blood shadow but their blood shadow was like actually nah i'm out i'm gonna dip i wonder if this is their plan for yaren's blood shadow is to just abuse it to the point where it leaves because they've been trying <laughs> to get rid of it for so long if they're just like let's see if we can just get this thing to leave by itself yeah sure we'll give you your own name uh we'll we'll say you you know, there's a whole world out there to explore. Whoa. And they're <laughs> they're just trying to get it to dip. Because, mm -hmm. like, it seems like... I don't know. It seems like that would solve maybe some of the problems. We don't know the details of what happens when the blood shadow just kind of dips. So it probably isn't great. But maybe it's just, like, a mutual parting of ways. You know, a handshake. I don't think this is going to work out anymore. Right. And off they go. 
I mean, you're like kind of their, almost their parent, I feel like, in a certain uh, yeah. way. I mean, I mean, definitely. I think so. Oh, wow. This is very interesting. Put in this like... Oh, here's, here's the follow-up question. Is there... Here's a nature versus nurture question, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Like, if you follow... If you follow a similar path with any blood shadow, does it end up like Yaren's? Or is the or did Yaren just get like a good blood shadow? I feel like it's it's both. It's both. Because the blood shadow the blood shadow takes on part of Yaren, right? That's where you get the <laughs> nature side of things where it's got some of Yaren's genetics mixed in. Because it's kind of like mirroring Yaren. But then also you have like how the blood shadow is treated. I feel like that is a part of it too. Where I wonder if like Yaren had treated it a little nicer. Granted, she treated it like kinder than anybody else so far. I guess. Well, I will. I think that everyone else that like gets a blood shadow on purpose is like kind of evil inherently. Mm. They're kind of, they're on a slaughter path essentially right yeah and yaren is not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i and i it seems to me like anyone that takes a blood shadow on accident like gets consumed by it almost mm-hmm. like i think it's very rare if you're not doing it on purpose to survive as long as yaren has i think this is true yeah yeah and i think this is what the sage saw in yaren too because now Especially now that we learn what it takes to become a sage, which is like intense willpower, then it makes a lot of sense that the sage saw Yaren at a very young age fighting off this blood shadow with just like her will. And he was like, ooh, that's got some serious potential. I'd love to turn Mm -hmm. that into a sage. And then, you know, did his whole thing. Uh but I, I, so I think you're right. Yaren's level of willpower is extremely unique. Yeah, yeah. Can we, can we stick on blood shadows for a minute? Yeah, I want to say really quickly. Uh, I want to appreciate that Will threw in a Blaren reference, <laughs> and how stupid that name would be. <laughs> which is, which is wild that we're throwing in memes from like the subreddit but i love it dude the sword sage's name is a meme <laughs> obviously the memes the memes that we've got so far other than the the blooper scenes mm-hmm. that are in the actual text i think so that far are... are are tim and mm-hmm. blaren correct me anyone if i'm missing anything but i love it i love to see it in there yeah yeah absolutely do i last thing i want to say about yaren's blood shadow I was honestly a little disappointed that we gave it a name and it had its name for like three days and then it just doesn't exist anymore. It's like, yeah. Oh, that would have been cool to have just like a blood shadow that got to be its own thing. That like, I feel like when you gave it a name, you were kind of giving it this new identity and giving it this like opportunity to be its own thing. And then like, as soon as it gets back, you're like, hey, so... (laughs) <laughs> I gotta win this fight. I know I named you and you're kind of like a sentient being now, but I need to absorb you. Right. Okay, so there it was very sad. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I, there is even a little a little sentiment in the book that says 
I think Ru- like a, there's a thought from Ruby that's about how little time and not enough time she had. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think that their their combination was more of a 50-50 thing mm-hmm. than we might be giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't think it's like Yaren just taking in Ruby. I think it was kind of like them being together. So they both they both almost cease to exist mm. and create a new person. Like they've now become Blaren. Right. That's what you're saying. Or Reuben? <laughs> Maybe they're Reuben now. Where is the B coming from? Oh, wait. You were putting the B in the interesting. Well, no, it's Ruby okay, and Aaron. Okay. It's Reuben. Reuben. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's... I, let's, let's, next meme that comes into the book is Yaren really likes Reuben sandwiches. Gotta be. <laughs> She's like, give me some, some sauerkraut, some Thousand Island, the whole shebang. Okay, I'm glad we figured out the new name for Yaren and the Blood Shadow. And it does sound like it was, it was kind of hopeful at the end that they didn't die mm-hmm. necessarily. They just became one. Right, right. Ruby got some some additions. Ooh, which actually does lend a lot of support to a previous a previous response I had about North Strider because somebody mentioned that North Strider was like a pretty good dude because he was fought, chasing after that black dragon to kill it. My response was that North Strider like took on some of the attributes of that black dragon and maybe now he's not quite as as much of a good dude and i think obviously it was a little different because north strider took on his remnant and that was how he ascended to monarch but and but it sounds like when you take that on you kind of take on some of the personality of that thing in the same way that yaren has taken on the personality of ruby and so I, right. I, As, assuming that the remnant thing is the same, is a similar thing to the blood shadow. Right, right. And so I, I think there's definitely a possibility that it, it had a change on North Strider's personality when he took on his remnant that had like all this dragon kind of component, all these dragon components to it. But I want to stay on blood shadows for, for just a little longer. Because there's another iconic blood shadow that shows up in this last half of the book. And that blood shadow's Crusher. <laughs> this, this blood shadow, Luke, has cute little bunny ears. It does. And I can't remember the name of the person that has that has Crusher as a blood shadow, but they they were they had all this explanation for w- what the different parts of the blood shadow were and they were like oh it's got the the hair of a bear or some sacred bear a dread a dread beast that was a bear and so that makes it super tough and and all this stuff to give it different attributes and at the end they're like it it also has a wolf snout and rabbit ears presumably to balance <laughs> out to balance out all the other stuff and make it stable I think the rabbit ears were just because they look cute. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have. Do you think that they're for the balancing thing? Mm-hmm. 
you know, you got to, you got to, you got to balance it to make it stable. And that stability thing is you got to have on the like scroll bar, you got to have some level of cuteness, right? Like you can't go all the way to the left end and scary. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to come back a little bit towards the cute side to maximize the potential. Exactly. Exactly. It's like the peak, the peak is not full scary. Mm-hmm. That's no longer as powerful if you go full scary. So yeah, you've got to rein it in a little bit with something cute because you're not always going to be fighting with this thing. Here's here's my question, actually. Follow-up question. Mm-hmm. This thing is huge, right? Massive. Are the bunny ears to scale or are they like bunny ears? <laughs> Ooh, wow. Okay, both are very good. Mm-hmm. I imagine they've got a, ooh, because little bunny ears, much cuter. Much cuter if they're small. But also, I don't know. Big bunny ears. Well, then you also have the question, are they like the big, long, floppy bunny ears? Because some bunnies have ears that are just like flopping all the way to the ground. I'm saying big, long, floppy. Here's the thing. I think that, I think that if they're to scale as in like huge mm-hmm. i think that that brings in more of the funny factor mm. which you don't which you don't need and i think that the correct size keeps the cute factor balances out it a little better mm-hmm. right right so i'm gonna say they're the size of normal bunny ears i think this is true because when you're i think when you're optimizing this this beast there is no room for funny there is no funny factor in mm-hmm. crusher Crusher is meant to destroy the weak. The only funny factor is the name Crusher. It's a very good name. And I imagine it was a similar process to Ruby. You know, Crusher was like, hey, I'd love a name. They were like, okay, how do you feel about Crusher? And Crusher was like, yeah, you got it in one. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Crusher... And the name Crusher. I just want you to imagine a scene for me real quick. Imagine Yaren and the Winter Sage and Charity are all working together to get Yaren ready for her next fight against Xiao Mei, who has the Blood Shadow Crusher. And they're like, okay, Charity, go do some reconnaissance and find out everything you can about Xiao Mei's Blood Shadow. And Charity's like, I got you. We're gonna get we're gonna be so ready for this fight. Okay. And then Yaren and Yaren and the Winter Sage spend a couple days training. Charity comes back. Hey, hey guys. Just uh just got back from my my little my trip. Uh and they're like, Oh, we've been waiting. Tell us everything you know about this about Xiaomei's blood shadow. We have the fight in like two days. And Charity's like, Ooh, yeah, okay. Well, I learned that it's called Crusher. <laughs> and uh isn't that scary? What what do you think that what do you think that means? And they're like, uh, sorry, uh you learned its name is Crusher. What else do you know about it? And Charity's like, ooh, you see, the thing about that is I don't know anything else about it. <laughs> She's like, I think it's I think it's kind of strong. I probably Ooh, I'm pretty sure it's red. I'm 99% sure it's red. So it's red and it's called Crusher. So I think I did an okay job, right? 
I think I think she did. I think that's all you need, honestly. It's absurd. Charity's a sage, and the best she could do is get the name of this thing. <laughs> you should be embarrassed, Charity. This is embarrassing. Uh, yeah, that's could have been could have been better. I wanna. I okay. Before we actually move on, I I have a note that I wanted to say about Ruby bef- that I forgot about. Yeah, and that's. Lyndon's first interaction with Ruby, she she teleports to Lyndon, right? And he's all surprised to see her and like kind of freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then when he learns that like everything's cool. Kind of. <laughs> relatively cool. He asks her for help with his own thing. Yeah. And it's like, Lyndon, this is like, this is Yaren's blood shadow who you probably really want to like you. Uh, she's been cooped up in her basement for years. Ask her a little bit about herself. <laughs> Try to create a bond there. You, you selfishly are like, what can you do for me, Ruby? Hey, you, you've just got out of the dungeon and you're on vacation for three days. Mm, how can I benefit from this? Show her the sights. Take her on a hike. Here's the decimated town from the Wandering Titan, brother of the Blood Phoenix. You uh, you got a little connection there, huh? <laughs> create, at least create a little cool secret handshake. Ooh, we actually would have loved a cool secret handshake. And then Yaren would have been kind of like out of the loop for a second when they did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, we're cool now. Ooh. I just think it's selfish. It is selfish. I will say that Lyndon didn't do entirely wrong here because the way that he was getting her to help him was by asking her about herself, right? It was like, fair. hey, how do you feel all the time? Because I think that's what I need to know to level up. Yeah, okay. I, I am being overly harsh on Lyndon mm-hmm. because he was very positive about things. He was excited to see her once he learned the deal. Um. But I, I don't know. I still think, I still think you, uh, you ask her. Well, I don't know what you do. But I, <laughs> yeah, I think I think you you maybe uh, just be a little more, a little bit more interested like, in her deal. Like, what's like how your is the deal? how is the trip? <laughs> I will say too, though, another point in Lyndon's favor with Ruby, extremely mature relational boundaries that he had established, mm. like. Mm-hmm. This, this seemed very mature for somebody who's never been in any kind of romantic relationship before and all of his relationships with his friends are pretty busted and like very abnormal. His thing with Ruby was very like, yeah, this isn't really Yaren, so we need some pretty strong boundaries between between <laughs> us because if I don't have that, then things are going to get very weird. So like... That's, that's true. Very mature of Lyndon with these boundaries, I'll say. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll give him that. The last... Okay. This point is kind of tangent to the Blood Shadows. But it's a question I have for you, Luke. Okay. So when I go into the Uncrowned Tournament, I can bring into the arena a Blood Shadow, which is like a whole new, like, sentient thing. As part of my combat, we also see Lyndon bring into the arena Little Blue, 
at one point, and Little Blue gets to help out Linden in the arena. So is there is there no limit to like who you can bring in with you into the arena? Like obviously Linden could put a jar of angry remnant hornets in his soul space and whip that out, no problem. Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. talking like if I had a big enough soul space, is Orthos coming with me? Orthos is my contract piece. I have a pretty good argument for Orthos coming with me into the Uncrowned Tournament. Orthos is my contract beast. And in traditional duels, people are allowed to bring their contract beasts in to fight with them. So can I bring Orthos in to fight in the Uncrowned Tournament with me? That seems a little bit unfair because now we're talking two on one. Mm -hmm. Then it gets even worse, Luke. How many contract beasts can I bring? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't think that we see any rule about contract beasts yet, so I'm not sure which way. I can tell you which way I would go mm. if I was making the rules. Okay. I would say no contract beasts. I think blood shadows are fair game, but I don't think contract beasts are. Because I feel like blood shadows, you had to like earn it with them still well but with a contract beast you're still sharing madra right yeah but i think that you come at it like i don't think you lose any yeah really yeah i think like you could do you could be one of the other competitors and like when you get picked with the uncrowned in the uncrowned tournament you could then be like oh you know what would be really helpful if I now got a contract beast. Right. It would be. Yeah. I don't think you allow that. I don't think you allow it. Uh, I mean, okay. I think this is... I will say there's some weird inconsistencies with the rules. Inconsistencies isn't the right word, but like weird lines drawn. Because you can have blood shadows. Obviously, I have no qualms with that. You can have uh, a weapon or two. I don't remember how many you or if there's like a limit on how many, but you like can't have armor. I don't think I don't really get that one. Yeah, this I think we actually got a comment about this in our in our theories uh, Reddit post about that. It was very, very weird. You couldn't bring armor into this into this fight, especially when some people can just make armor around their bodies. seems a little bit unfair. The other thing about this, though, Luke, of like bringing in another sentient fighting beast with you into the arena, that seems a little unfair. Safara gets gifted one. Safara gets gifted a like totem of the I'm not going to even try the Dragon King and is allowed to bring that in and have that fight with her. What? How come that's allowed? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Just like, hey, I want you to win the Uncrowned Tournament, so I'm going to give you a million totems that are of, like, underlords. So they're all going to be allowed. I guess the only the only thing here that might be different is maybe Safara had to power it herself, and so however much power she put into mm-hmm. it, that was how powerful it was. And then it seems like it's not really that useful because what like you're splitting your power 50 50 now between you and this other thing i don't know it doesn't make sense to me 
doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just, I feel like the rules of this tournament need to be clarified a little bit more. Like North Strider, we needed like a, a list or a sign somewhere that Lyndon read that was like rule number one, you have to be under mm-hmm. 35. Rule number two. And we just like, just kind of get it. Right. And put in like a definite, like a list of what you're allowed to bring in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like you get one weapon. You get, I don't know, you could say no armor if you wanted to. If but you like, want to. You get one sure. weapon, you get one uh, sacred instrument or whatever they're called. You've got to have three fluid ounces of liquid or less in a Ziploc baggie <laughs> separate from everything else. <laughs> That's right. That's key. You, you just got to define this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you get people skirting the rules. I don't know. I don't I don't like it. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Any yeah. Uh, we need to move on from the rules of this tournament. <laughs> I would I could go off. Yeah, because okay, okay, we're getting towards the end and we haven't even really touched the ending yet Mm-mm. here. Um pretty pretty great ending. <laughs> if I if I do say so myself. Uh the last like quarter here amped up my excitement uh-huh. a lot uh-huh um because we get we you know i've been we've been harping on Lyndon a little bit mm. just because just because he's the main character but we love we love seeing Lyndon crush it and he just like dominates for a few times i mean the, the, okay there's two separate things mm-hmm. Lyndon and yaron i'm mm-hmm. gonna start with Lyndon. okay Lyndon, just like it's again just so satisfying to yes. see Lyndon do things that are really incredible. Yes, and I I'm, I want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there was some kind of like, I know he didn't advance, but was there some kind of like weird advancement before he did the icon? Because the reason that I'm asking that is because during the scene when he's when he's like running through and killing these guys really quickly. Mm-hmm. He gets a feeling when he switches back and forth that, like, it's way easier than it normally is. And he kills, like, very quickly some of the competitors in the Uncrowned tournament. And then he goes two-on-one against two overlords and, like, dominates them within, like, ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there's two things at play here. The first is he's got the diamond veins now. And that might be why he doesn't notice the, like the strain on his Madra channels when he's switching back mm-hmm. and forth. Additionally, he's got Little Blue's Madra, which is the cleansing Madra. So that might be another reason why he's not experiencing as like difficulty switching back and forth. But the, the reason that I think is more important and relates to your second point about him just destroying two overlords like it was nothing is we got to see Yaren when she was in this state of like almost reaching the sword icon where she is just like crushing it. She just like embodies the sword and is like, nothing can stop her in this state. And she hasn't, she hasn't like touched the sword icon yet, but even like as she's about to this, like the level of power shoots up dramatically. And so I think that's what's happening here with Lyndon is he is like, he is like about to touch the void icon and in that state, he's just, like, untouchable. Like, he is, like, the perfect mm. fighting machine. And I think that's what's happening here is he is, like, 
it is that build up to the hitting that sage level where he's just like completely in the zone okay i can i can see that because i think that i think there's kind of parallels with linden linden's status as an underlord here and how so far was when she was at the peak of underlord Mm -hmm. right because she's like before she advanced she was like at the peak and like crazy powerful i feel like linden is also at that point and then you mentioned the the touching the icon or like getting close to the icon this it reminded me at least when yaren did it of very similar to using ghost water mm-hmm. yes yes but maybe like even better um so yeah okay i i agree i agree with you because i do think that Ethan or Lyndon was like more than an underlord plus had this extra bonus plus dross. So, okay. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll give him that. Yeah. I, and I think here I do want to have a little bit of speculation for what future books are, are, are going to have in them because I do have, I do want to talk about what's coming up next for Lyndon and Yaren and all our best buds. But I think this is actually a good point to talk about, like, kind of reviews of this book. Because the thing that stands out to me with the books in the Cradle series is exactly what you said. Will writes, like, such satisfying endings. And because there there is an ending to this book where Safara wins and things, like, are very bad at the end. And our heroes are, like kind of on their last legs and we don't know what's going to happen and that would be a fine ending to this to this book that would have been like a reasonable outcome but it doesn't feel cheap that everything turned out so good like it feels incredibly satisfying when uh fury becomes a monarch and is just crushing it now Mm -hmm. there's like this plan that comes together that's been like kind of building throughout this and the last book with Ethan and with the the monarchs. And I just love how well the plan came together. It was so satisfying to see that happen. Um, And I just loved it. I was just so satisfying, great character development throughout the book. And like all these like different plot lines coming together to be something great to turn out at the (laughs) end where it was like a really good result. Right. was great. It was like, I I agree with you that it felt, it felt earned, and at least to a certain degree. I mean, the the Yaren's advancement was like very extreme, more so than I thought would be like possible, at least at this point in the book. But it did feel like something that at least like makes makes sense in here with the with the blood shadow. And then as for this, the whole like general ending. It felt like there was a there was this plan, right, that you mentioned from, I guess, North Strider and Malice mm-hmm. that had probably a range of outcomes, but they had been like they had been like planning for the worst, I assume. But they got the absolute best possible outcome. And so like with that in mind, the fact that there was this this whole plan and like things set in place, Fury has been sitting on this advancement waiting for the right time, all of this kind of thing, it felt really good. Right. And I appreciated that. 
Yeah. Especially because like Yaren's part of it added to the plan, right? Like it wasn't just like, oh, they had this plan plus Yaren's super dope now and Linden's super dope. It was like that part was contained within this plan that like elevated it to the next level. Right, right. It elevated it from like good plan to like hype plan to like this yeah. is outstanding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. And there is the, to tie it to another kind of like awesome tied together component is Linden's unsold badge. Dude. Beautiful little moment there. Series over, right? We've come <laughs> full circle now. That's the end. That's the end of the series. No book nine or whatever number we're on. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, great. And then like the, the funniest thing about this is that Ethan is like just an archlord. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously he's not really. Like he's still Ethan. Mm-hmm. But Lyndon and Yaren, I don't think that I would say that they surpassed him. Mm-hmm. But interesting enough things happened to them that I think that surprised me. Like, it's weird to me, actually, that Ethan is not a sage. I mean, he might be. (laughs) That's true. We don't know, really, with Ethan. I don't think he is, because I think he was being honest there at the end with Lyndon. I imagine he's not too far away from it. Right. Because he's been doing, he talks to Lyndon about the the cycling technique. It's been a way to train for Sage. I assume that he's been doing it too. Um, right, right. So, yeah, I imagine he's not too far away. Uh, I, he, also, he also helps Lyndon come through the portal. Yes, exactly. So, which is something, which is kind of Sage related. Yeah, this is actually related to... Uh, a comment we got on the subreddit r don't call it a book club about our last episode in winter steel and the comment is from torda eq and he asked if we thought that linden pulled open the portal when north strider took dross in that first chapter like there's this this moment where Lyndon feels like the connection between he and Dross is about to snap. And so he's like putting all of his effort focused on the connection between them. And then suddenly the portal opens back up and North Strider and Dross come back out. And North Strider looks surprised to Lyndon when he looks at him. And some people are saying that they're taking this as Lyndon opened up the portal and brought North Strider and Dross back. And that's why North Strider was surprised. I don't think that's true because of this last scene here. Because in the last scene, Lyndon is able to like open up the portal like a little bit. Like he said, he's opened up. He opened it up the size of his hand, but he couldn't get it any bigger. And then Ethan, with like assisting him, was able to get the portal all the way back open. So I don't think in chapter one, before we even have any of this stuff that Lyndon's gone through, draining madra and life force from people i don't think he's got the power there to do it i think Mm -hmm. the reason north strider is surprised is just because of linden's act of will to like maintain the connection like linden is getting close 
to doing this kind of stuff. He's not at the level of opening portals yet, but Northstrider can tell that Linden's, you know, really given it his best effort. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in that camp too. I could see it either way. Um, I could see it as Linden like partially opening, mm. reopening the portal, kind of like he did here, and Northstrider just opening it all the way because he's surprised. But I I did, when I read it, take it as Northstrider just being impressed by Linden's willpower. Kind of like how when Fury tests Linden later in the book. Mm-hmm. That's the parallel that I see. Right. Um, but I, I, I could see it either way. Right, right. I mean, a third solution could be that maybe Linden was trying really hard and some sage saw him doing it and was like, I got to give this guy a little bit of help. <laughs> maybe Charity was like, I got to open a portal for this kid. Maybe, maybe it would be that. Um, let's see. Okay. We have talked a lot about the ending. I want to just say really quickly, uh, Yaren, Yaren's just like crushing so far after advancing, really satisfying. Also really satisfying in the same scene is North Strider showing the Dragon King's like frustration, but also like helplessness. Very, very cool. Uh, Very, very nice to see. And the little quip that North Strider has where he's like, hey, don't power up your attack yet because the round will be too short if you do it. (laughs) So good. Excellent. Actually, that was that was good. Uh, I don't have much to say about it, but just want to want to acknowledge because we haven't talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yaren killing the dragon uh, monarch. Um, I don't have much to say about it, but uh, pretty uh, big. I kind of wonder. So the thing is called penance. And mm-hmm. I kind of wonder what the cost is of using it, because it made it seem like there is a cost you incur to use penance and i don't maybe it was the cost that osriel incurred to make penance was the thing about it but i it still feels to me like there's a cost to using it i don't know what that will be or if that's even right but it it feels like there should be a cost to using penance. maybe like a cost that no one knows because i feel like you if someone knows that there's a cost to it then they would tell her but who's to say Mm mm-hmm not me. Um, certainly not. Okay, I have a couple quick things that I want to say because if we might want to wind down. Mm. The first, um, we get we get a scene with Mira, the uh, the underlord lady from the Saishan Kingdom, mm-hmm. underlady, uh, and kind of a twist that uh, she's very mature about it. Yeah, she seems pretty cool, actually. Like, kind of <laughs> depressed but very very depressed but uh processing it better better than uh daji or or whichever whatever his name is Mm -hmm. the other one a very a low light here grace dying at the end yeah that was rough i didn't love that very tough she was very likable Mm -hmm. grace was cool also now just like one fewer person that linden might be getting together with which we don't love yeah. Uh, you, I don't know. Speak- Yaren's probably hyped. <laughs> yeah, Yaren's very hype. <laughs> That's for sure. Speaking of low lights, where the fuck is Mercy's house, guys? 
You make this whole flying complex where Lyndon and Yaren and Ethan and Zeal, I guess, who's now a buddy, are going to go on fun adventures. Uh, where's Mercy's spot to fit in here? That's a very good question. Mercy's been with you guys for so long and you're going to do her like that? Where you're like, ooh, we'd love for you to come along, Mercy, but it's kind of full. The ship's kind of full. Oh, man, I hope she comes along. What's going to happen to Mercy? Oh, man, you got to bring her along. You're you're just going to go on adventures out with your cool cloud aircraft carrier that you've built. And Mercy's going to be, like, tagging along two miles behind in her, like, haunted house one. Wait, you're, what, are you going to put a tow line back there so Mercy can just tag along? She deserves more than that. She deserves to be, like, up at the front, connected in to everybody. <laughs> this puzzle yeah, needs seriously. to have an opening for Mercy. It's missing a piece. I 100% agree with you. Mm, so disappointed. Although, I will say, maybe there's a little Mercy zeal action going to happen interesting we've we've not considered it before but i feel like zeal might be on this path of redemption right now zeal zeal could use some positivity in his life exactly bring bring him out of his depressive shell and mercy's perfect for that mercy's now the thing is and not to say that this is like this is gonna kill this potential new romance i think zeal is pretty old compared to mercy hmm like, he's already been in the Uncrowned Tournament before. Okay. He's still under 35. So, <laughs> And I will say, I will say, they, they're going to live for a long time. That's true. This is very true. So, like, right now, the age difference, like, let's say the age difference is, like, I don't know how old Mercy is, maybe, like, 20, let's say. Mm-hmm. Zeal is, let's say, low 30s, mm-hmm. which is a lot right now. But they're going to be like a thousand years old at some point. Okay, this is a fair point. This is a fair point. So I think it's still, I think it's still an option. I think there's a potential mm-hmm. for a Mercy Zeal romance. Now I don't think there needs to be one, but there's potential here. <laughs> we don't know what Zeal's life's going to be like. That's true. Um, another question: how how cluttered is Lyndon's void space going to be? Oh my god. It's gonna be a mess. Unless here's my here's my thought. Uh you know, he puts little blue in there all the time. Which by the way, how did we not guess that he was gonna make a connection with little blue? That was seems so obvious in retrospect. (laughs) I was getting very concerned when he was like, okay, I can do this consume technique if I have little blue come out and touch me. I was getting very concerned of like this is becoming way too complicated, Lyndon. So of course, yeah. of course, he was gonna do a little a little contract with, with blue. Um, yeah. Okay. But bring bringing us back, I think that little blue's main job is to just organize when she's in there. This is the deal you're saying. This is the deal that Lyndon made with right. little blue. She doesn't pay. She doesn't pay rent because she does chores. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Because you got to keep it organized. It's There's so much stuff in there. There is so Plus much. Plus now he has Sophara's one. Well, and as a sage, he has access to like more void space. Like at the very beginning of the book, 
the sword sage has like direct access to a void space. Like he doesn't need a key. He can just open up a rip in space and put stuff in there. Right. Which, which I'm assuming will take, take some practice, but sure. he will, Linden will get there. Right. Like, are, do you think the other sages are going to get pissed when Linden's filling up all the void space? <laughs> Like there's a limited amount of real estate. Yeah. And Lyndon just keeps ripping up holes in this space and putting as much stuff as he can in there. I assume so. I imagine it's like sharing a fridge with a roommate. Like, hey, this milk went bad like three weeks ago and it's not mine. Can you please take it out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then at the end of this book, after Yaren has been uncrowned or i i don't know what the what the term is yaren is the champion of the uncrowned tournament she gets a wish from all of the monarchs what do you think yaren's wish is gonna be Mm. because i wasn't like so number one i'm not sure this the the little madra engine made with children body parts I'm not sure if she, if that like if she wants to like wish her spirit wish that out and like because it does some damage right but I mean I think that she has something that would help but I I got the sense that when she put it in she was gonna wish it out later. No, I don't think so. And the reason I don't think that's true is they they talked about using it, but then decided against it initially because it was too dangerous but Mm -hmm. then later when she got a gift from i think it was emrys that would like strengthen her lifeline to the point where it wouldn't even matter then they decided they would put it in so i think at the at the current point yaren is not being damaged by this madra engine okay i think it's sustainable at this point i don't know what you ask for honestly Yaren feels like the worst person to have this wish because this is this is the sacred artist who wore like completely shredded robes for months like <laughs> has had the same sword forever the one wish that she might have made which is to get rid of her blood shadow she's definitely not doing now right so like what is this is Yaren is like the worst person to buy a gift for of all time because Yaren doesn't want anything and like getting something new she's not gonna like because it's like she's just gonna get rid of it yeah she travels light i want to say i feel like you asked them to surprise you if that's possible (laughs) you know you're saying with Yaren's one wish Yaren's one wish of all the monarchs she walks in and is like surprise me (laughs) <laughs> i want it to be good but i don't just see what she i want to see what you guys could come up with watch her watch them give her a gift card <laughs> oh, oh that'd be the worst um but i don't know i think because i don't know what she i think that she asks ethan you know what i mean mm. like because you know ethan has some some ideas ethan's got a suggestion yeah because i have to think that yaren doesn't necessarily know what she's capable of getting from them but Ethan would. Ooh, I so think maybe this is you, definitely maybe you, true. You ask for some advice, obviously from Ethan, maybe from some other people. Like, hey, 
what do you think I should ask for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think this is true. I think this is the way she goes for sure, actually. Yeah. Or maybe she maybe she gets a gift for Lyndon, you know? I don't think that they say that it has to be for her. No, they definitely don't. But, like, what do you get Lyndon? A really nice wedding ring. <laughs> Ooh. Just the biggest diamond. The biggest rock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's her gift from the monarchs. Her once in a lifetime gift. She's like, I want a big old rock to put on my hubby. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's. I think we've got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last thing that I want to talk about with this book is I'm making a prediction. Okay. I think Ethan is trying to create a better eight-man empire i think he's trying to create a better eight-man empire that consists of our squad we've got ethan yaren linden i think zeal's getting thrown in the mix i'm feeling mercy Mm -hmm. as part of that new eight-man empire and like i don't know who potentially else might come in here but it feels very much like ethan's trying to trying to create this this team i brought it up I brought it up last episode. I'm bringing it up again. I feel very good about Ethan trying to make a better eight-man empire now. Okay. So are you thinking like, so the eight-man empire is a bunch of heralds that together make a monarch? It's half heralds, half sages that make a monarch. Okay. Right, right, right. Are you thinking that maybe they're all monarchs? Mm, Luke. Right? Because like, there's got to be something above monarch, right? Why are we not dreaming big here? Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go above monarch for me, okay? Ethan's talking about shaking things up, breaking the status quo. We need some serious power to do that, okay? Now, in the intermediary, Ethan's already done a pretty good job of cultivating Lyndon as a sage and Yaren as a herald. Throughout these books, Ethan has been kind of nurturing these two paths in the two of them. It feels like Ethan is doing this intentionally, right? He's telling Yaren, hey, keep your blood shadow. That could be useful. And he's telling Lyndon, hey, work on this heaven and earth purification wheel. That could be useful. So here we've already got two components that, when put together, make a monarch. Meanwhile, Ethan is kind of scouting out new talent. He's looking for new people to join their team. Zeal's very powerful. I think we've got the makings of uh, at least like an eight-man empire. Like I think you could start out where they're not all monarchs yet, but they are like mm-hmm. contributing power to each other to like get them to a high level. Now, the last and most important part of this and why I think we're, we're trying to recreate an actual eight-man empire is Ethan gets a soul forge from Regan Shen. That's that's right. I don't know what a soul forge is, to be honest. So from my understanding, a soul forge is just like the best soul smith foundry of all time. Like you can make incredible things if you have a skilled soul smith and a soul forge. And we, Linden has been working on armors. Linden's been crafting some cool armors over this book. 
Linden has Dross, who can do a bunch of simulations and figure out how to make the coolest armor. And now he's got a soul forge, which he can make cool armor that connects with other people. Also, oh my gosh, this, this theory is falling into place right now. Lin Linden creates an armor that boosts his own power at one point. He's already, he already has experience creating an armor that will boost his power level temporarily. I feel very good about Ethan making an eight-man <laughs> empire of his own with Lyndon as the soulsmith who crafts a bunch of armor for everybody. I feel very good okay. about it, Luke. Okay, I can see it. I can see it. The Soulforge thing clicks into place pretty well, I will say. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. Uh, I think you're onto something there, definitely. But I, I, I do think that it's got to be better than the eight-man empire, though. Oh, I mean, it's for sure gonna be better than the eight-man empire because Ethan's involved. And and to me, if I were to like really put a guess out there, I think we're going for greater than a monarch. I think, I think eight-man empire set their sights too low. They were like, we want to be at a monarch level of power. I think Ethan is setting his heights high and is saying we want to be more powerful than a monarch. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where we get it. That's where we get the difference. That's where that's the Ethan difference that we get here. <laughs> that's right. Okay, I'm on board. We'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that for for the next book. Oh man, oh the next book, Luke. Every time I finish one of these books, it's torture. I know it's a I know. torture. Um. Okay. So I am looking forward to uh, the next book. Of course, the new the this one just came out, but I'm ready for the next one, as I'm sure everyone else is. Uh, but we'll have to wait. Mm -hmm. I I'm assuming that Dan and I will will return when the next one comes out i'm excited for that um but next week we got to talk about talk about the immediate future next week we are going to be reading uh christopher paolini's new book to sleep in a sea of stars mm. if you have been listening to the show for a while you know luke and i are big fans of mr paolini uh we're we're trying to get him on. We'd love to get him on the pod, but one of our one of our goals for the show, if you're if you're a true fan for a deep cut, one of our goals for the show is to get a get a reboot of that Aragon movie. We really could use a new Aragon movie here. We we could. So that's, that's our this is a step in that direction. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, next week we'll be reading the first third. Let's aim for the first third. It's a very long book, so we'll see. There's a chance that we do it in quarters, mm -hmm. but let's aim for the first third. Um, and then let's also say, since we're leaving, since we're leaving Cradle for now, uh, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, we had a ton of fun making it and interacting. Um, one, a couple of things that would be great. Uh, leave a leave a review on iTunes would would be would be awesome if you could. Uh, the the other thing that we actually that it helps us out even more is just getting the getting the word out, some word of mouth. Tell a friend about us. Keep and and keep reading along with us. Mm. Also, mm -hmm. keep reading along with us. Tell a friend about us. Um, Follow our subreddit. Our don't call it a book club. Right. Get give, us a, give us some. Give us some comments on our future episodes, what you what you liked about a book, all of that kind of thing. Oh man. 
Oh, last, just a, just another reminder. We've got some embarrassing facts. We're going to be tweeting out at will in the next in the next few days. Follow us on Twitter at DC BC if you want to catch those. Some of them are going to be, I think, kind of embarrassing, actually, Luke, because some of these predictions were right on. Some of them were right on. I've got some. I've got some good. I've got some good facts to throw out there. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, but it's you know, Luke, it's been it's been a lot of fun exploring exploring this cradle world and hearing what other people have to say. Kind of learning what the community has to offer in terms of hot takes and spending time down in the weeds of these theories and acting like dumb nerds.